Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian Pugh. And my name is Bonnie. And we're married. Yeah, we are. We are like covenant life partners. Yep. It's been 14 years now. Yeah. And if you're joining us for the first time, we want to welcome you to the Union Podcast. This is a podcast, a space that's just dedicated to talking about God's design for sexuality and to help people find wholeness and healing in this area, but also be equipped with truth to um, to live whole and to continue to live in healing and and to not go back to the same practices and patterns that um, brought brought us pain and totally. um, and bring us pain and to also you know be able to communicate that truth to other people. So we're so thankful you've joined us here. If you are a return listener, we are thankful for you as well, and uh, we would love it if you comment, share, subscribe, do all those things as, as it just helps us to be seen by more people and uh, helps the message of God's healing power and the truth of God's design for sexuality uh, get out or, and into more people's worlds and totally. get in front of more people. So uh, we would love it if you would do that. So this is episode 52. We're back after new year break we were just talking about how rusty we are in recording a podcast because we have not been behind the mic in a minute and so here we are and bonnie's going to unpack today's episode for you i think it's going to be awesome Uh, i think you're going to love it yeah definitely our hope really uh would be to reach you know those of you who are leaders either within a ministry or maybe even just you know maybe you're the leader of a small group or you're a leader uh, at a youth in the youth group or you're a church leader uh, this message is for you. Everyone else, you don't have to tur- like turn it off or anything, but that's kind of who just has been on our hearts actually a lot. Mm-hmm. Even leading up to 2022, we were praying about who, uh, yeah, just who we wanted to be reaching out to and talking to and just realizing right now the climate within our nation, the nations of the world is very much, uh, I mean, we, you know, people say like a mob men- mob mentality where it's like, if you're not, talking the narrative if you're not saying it the way everyone was pressuring you to say it you're really at risk of getting canceled and that's just Mm -hmm. where a lot of leaders are at they even they find out what we're doing you know what do oh what's your ministry about and we share it's around sexuality relationships identity and their eyes widen and there's like respect in their face they're like whoa good on you right but we're just like man we know that this message is really not just supposed to be coming out of just our mouths but Mm -hmm. Actually, the body of Christ, the leaders within the body of Christ are called to be inspired, to be able to take steps, to be able to communicate these messages to their people all over the world, mm-hmm. honestly, because issues of identity, relationships, sexuality, it's not just, it's not just like a Western culture thing. Like this is from it's the smallest, thing. yeah, it's a human thing from the smallest village to the, you know, the largest urban center individuals are needing this and so we really feel like this year we want to inspire leaders to take some steps forward in communicating truth around sexuality absolutely we want them to be courageous knowing that you know the leaders throughout the church throughout history of the church they have also had to be courageous in these very topics Mm -hmm. you know and then we also want to give you practical help um, in those steps, taking those steps forward. And so Absolutely. that's a lot of what t- this episode is going to be about. Um, some of the practical, some of the inspirational. So that's where we're going today. That's where we're going. Yeah. So, And I, and I want to say too, I think a lot of leaders that we talk with, they they are thankful for that, you know, there's a ministry like ours, you know, amongst other ministries that are totally. kind of taking up this call. 
as well. Like they're thankful that that it's there and they're glad. And I think like, but, and they want, they want to be a part of it, but they just don't know how. And I guess, I think that's like, we want to give honor to leaders that there's some leaders out there that you're doing the best that you can. And, and sometimes you just don't know what to say when it comes to this topic. So our goal is just to help equip leaders, um, to, to take one step forward, you know what I mean? And go further in their leadership and their effectiveness and leading the people that God's entrusted to them in many different spheres. So Absolutely. Yeah. So we honor you leaders. I know you're doing the best you can. Yeah, definitely. Bri, what do you, you know, with conversations you've been having with leaders, I love that you, the, that point you brought up there. What, what are the pressures that leaders are under right now? What are they? Yeah. Are they well, I, I think, I think there's a, probably a multifaceted, like it's pressures from multiple different directions. You know, like I think, but with specifically with, with sexuality, um, I think, I think there's a certain level of catch up, you know what I mean? Kind of being behind the eight ball mm. um, to use that term. I don't know if that's like a relevant term for some people. Like, what does that even mean? It's like, well, <laughs> um, if you're playing pool and you can't, you have to hit your own color, your own stripe first before you hit the eight ball. Um, mm. You know, anyways, it's probably a bad analogy, but you're just in a tough spot because I think for a lot of time uh, within the church, there's been silence on this matter. And so when the church is silence, silent on a matter that God is actually not silent about, it doesn't really work out well for the people of God, the thriving of society, the thriving of, of marriages and community and all these different things. And so I think there's this pressure to catch up and there's this pressure to actually, you know, as we were kind of discussing this before, there's this pressure to marry again the, the choices that are made within, the, within how someone govern, governs their sexuality that that marriage of those decisions and those choices that are made in that realm need to be brought back to actually what it means to follow, to be a follower of Jesus. Because somehow um, over the years, I have some thoughts on why that is, but like over the years, there's kind of been a separation, you know what I mean? That like what I do with these desires is not directly relevant to, to my walk with Jesus. And it's like, we start asking questions like, well, how far can you go sexually and still be a Christian? It's like, well, we're kind of asking the wrong question at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, you know, one of the reasons why I think we've gotten to that place is we've talked a lot about the righteousness that God imputes to us, or essentially the, the righteousness that God gives to us. Mm-hmm. And we haven't talked so much about what it means to walk that righteousness out. So we have the gift of righteousness, but we also have the practical righteousness in which we're supposed to walk in. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, Timothy or Paul says to Timothy and says like, let all those who name the name of Christ depart from iniquity and he says but the lord knows who who are his so there's this idea that like if you're naming the name of christ part of your walk is to is to um walk away from iniquity walk away from sin be growing in the truth be growing in righteousness and i think that's where the pressure needs to be is that the practical realities of what it means to be a follower of jesus and have this area of your life submitted to the lordship of of christ and and to the scriptures. So I think that's, I think that's probably one thing um, that the pressure is, is leaning on in in this season for leaders. So the challenge to, like you said, play catch up to start to talk about these, I mean, it's so diverse, Mm -hmm. so many topics within these topics um, of sexuality and identity and that kind of thing to be able to, yeah, call, call Christians to discipleship, to the Lordship of Christ. I was thinking about how Jesus said to his disciples, go into all the world, make disciples and then and it says teaching them to obey everything that i've taught you yeah you know and so 
this challenge to bring discipleship even in this area, this, you know, this area that maybe leaders might say like, well, that's pretty private. That's probably between, you know, maybe that's between the couple and their counselor, or maybe that's between, you know, parents and their children. Like I, it's probably not my job to get in involved there, Mm -hmm. but I think of, you know, the early church leaders, they didn't shy away from it. Yeah. It was all, they knew they had to talk about it because often it wasn't actually being talked about at home. Absolutely. And I think like when you, I, maybe I might have the, the numbers wrong, but I think there's only two books of the New Testament where sexuality is not mentioned. Yeah. And like, that's pretty significant that the apostolic writers writing to an early church, they don't shy away from it. You right. know what I mean? They're talking about spiritual warfare and they're talking about the gospel and Generosity. and talking about communion, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and Paul's talking about spiritual gifting to the church in Corinth, yet yet also talking about, hey, like maybe you should maybe not be partaking in that type of sexual behavior, right? And name the name of Christ because they're kind of contrary to each other, you right, know. And right. like having to having to have those hard conversations, he doesn't shy away from it. And I think that that's you know like we're where we're just kind of talking about the benchmark of what it means to to be a disciple of Jesus needs to be lifted up higher than what we've had it to. And I don't mean like to be extra, extra biblical, you know what I mean? And have commands and rules that the scriptures just don't have, you know what I mean? But we've, we've lowered the bar pretty low Mm. on what it means to be a genuine follower of Jesus these days. And, um, and I think we're seeing that, Mm -hmm. um, in the decay family, we're seeing that in the decay of, um, of just so many different avenues within the church. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just showing up in a lot of different ways, but probably another, another podcast, but I think that's where the pressure is long and short of it. That's the pressure is to marry, um, the personal decisions or the private decisions, you know, of that people make within their own heart back to the reality of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So, so Bonnie, my question to you, leaders are asking, people are wondering, and, um, you know, we've talked to, a lot about how there is a cost to raise your voice on this topic. Like yeah. it's, it's not easy. There's a relational challenge. There's a like societal mm-hmm. challenge. There's a bunch of different things, but tell me what the cost is, the price that you pay for staying quiet. Yeah. That's so good. Well, first I even, I thought about, I think about a season when I felt particularly silenced around this topic. You and I, you know, we've been, I would say we've, I, for myself, I'll just speak for myself. I've been finding my voice for a long time, even though it has trembled, mm. you know, and I've raised my voice even though I've been afraid. But I know one time in particular, I felt particularly intimidated um, was when someone we really cared about uh, was, was we, we were just in like a lot of conversation with this person around her personal choices around mm-hmm. sexuality. And ultimately she ended up saying like, I can't serve God anymore because I need to, like, I can't pretend I don't feel the things that I feel and I'm going to go pursue a lifestyle contrary to scripture. And I just felt so silenced. I was like, I don't want to talk about anything and make her feel exposed. I feel like I'm secretly talking about her. I mean, this was so many years ago now. Um, So I wonder, you know, I know that there is a cost even like you said, there's even a personal cost, a mm-hmm. feeling of intimidation around bringing it up. But on the flip side, I would say that there is a young generation that desperately needs us to raise Absolutely. our voices, that their eyes are scanning for someone who looks like they know where they're going. Yeah. 
you know, and and not just like looks like they have the right answers to the, I mean, to an extent, yes, like we have to study it out, scripture, even like historically, even scientifically, like pull all those threads of education together mm-hmm. and study and be well studied, but they don't just want like textbook answers. They want to look in your face and see peace. Mm-hmm. They want to like even have a glimpse into like through the window into your family life and say, oh, there's another way of living. And so I would say, you know, yes, there is a cost of raising your voice in some parts of the world. You might lose your job. Like, yeah. I mean, you maybe you're a pastor, but who knows? You still might. You could you lose your job. You could be fined. You could be accused of hate speech. You could be accused of um, just being intolerant, being a hate monger, you know, mm-hmm. you could lose your reputation, you could lose your platform, you could lose. Yeah, that's a, there's a cost. Uh, yeah, but on the other hand, the cost. If we all go quiet on this, uh, we we sentence an entire generation to um, a sense of wandering. Absolutely. And I think that our children are worth the sacrifice. Totally. Totally. And I I think too, like, you know, Ephesians 4, Paul lays out this reality that we're called to speak the truth and in in love. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think we usually, for the most part, we usually end up in two camps. Either we're going to be speaking the truth or we're going to be loving. Right. And we kind of think that they're mutually exclusive that like you cannot be truthful and still love people. You cannot disagree with somebody else's worldview and practice and lifestyle and still be loving. And I think like um, that was actually the character of Jesus because he never once agreed with my sin. He never once agreed with my lifestyle, with the the selfish decisions I had made in seasons of my life. He never once uh, in order to love me agreed with my practice, but he was, he was um, patient with me. He was kind, he was honoring and he was gentle and he, he healed my heart. You know what I mean? By speaking truth, by allowing that truth to work in my life. And, and I think that that's, that's, that's got to be worth it for us, that transformation, you know, in people's lives, because the truth really does set people free. Yeah. And it's the reality of the love of Jesus um, and, this, and the truth of the gospel and what the price that God was willing to pay to, to save people and to heal people is, is worth it. But we won't get that if we stay silent. You know, we won't get those transformative realities taking place in people's lives. We won't see marriages restored. We won't see, um, like you're saying, a young generation with hope and purity in their eyes and clarity. Um, we'll see the young generation more and more confused and more and more, um, I don't want to say skeptical, but more and more like just doubtful and not hopeful. I don't know what the, yeah. I don't know what that word would be, but just, yeah. yeah, just lacking hope for the future. I mean, I think even what you, Brian, you were sharing with me, a study you read about the young generation is actually particularly prone to isolation. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about there is like the skeptical or the cynic, like a cynicism towards love, towards mm-hmm. relationship, towards towards the idea of like an intimate connection that could actually be enjoyable, not just yeah. like physically pleasurable, but like like at a soul level fulfilling, Yeah, you know? And so I think- um, I mean, that's part of the design of God for humanity is that we would find family. And I think uh, that's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, so if we're thinking about reaching the young generation, if this is a message for all generations, of course, 
you know, but when we think of the young generation and, you know, a need to be relevant, what do you, like when you hear the word relevant, like what, what do you think of? What needs to be, what, what do we need to do? Well, I, I think again, speaking from a leadership standpoint and, you know, and to be really vulnerable and honest, I think there's been times past when from a leadership standpoint at a church, we've been talking about being more relevant and that kind of usually leads to discussions about like stage design and um sound yeah yeah sound systems which you know yeah like website rebranding and social media and like I, we're all for those things like um, i think those that's really great um but it usually ends up in just like a kind of a superficial um yeah like smoke machines lights all that kind of stuff it's just more of like an experience and that's how we're going to be relevant and and i think you know, I was listening to a conversation um, with uh, John Mark Comer and John Tyson, and um, John Tyson just said something that I thought was really, really profound in the sense of like hype church is not going to cut it anymore um, because life has gotten too hard. Life has gotten too complicated and too right. confusing um, to be pacified by lights, smoke, and, and a 20-minute TED talk about, you know, life improvement. Um, and, and I'm all for practical life skills that lead to the flourishing of humanity. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm all good for that. But I think when we're not giving real answers to, to questions that people are dealing with, like, um, what about the, the person in your congregation right now who's dealing with same sex attraction and has not told anybody, you know, and they might be married, they might have kids, they might be, you know, on websites that, and like they're they're really close to making some decisions that are going to blow their life up and ruin some relationships. You know, when, when they come and they're, they're a part of your service, are they hearing things that are going to speak to and give them, give them tools and give them, um, give them the necessary, um, necessary perspective to, to live contrary to those desires and to honor God with their lives. And I, and I think, you know, some of the topics we try to talk to talk about too is like because society has become so sex saturated is how do you how do you walk out of your past right how do you how do you walk out of those past decisions that you've made absolutely and i think this is where it puts the onus on leaders to without being super skeptical and like you know like getting suspicious that, yeah or- suspicious right like having just having an assumption that there's a certain level of sexual brokenness within the people that you're talking to every Sunday. If you got up every Sunday morning and assumed that there was a certain level of sexual brokenness and shame, guilt, condemnation, confusion, if you just had that just lingering in your mind, I bet you you would speak differently and I bet you you'd see a huge change. Right. And I think that's that's what that's where the the onus needs to to lie is we just need to start to bring relevant means that you're speaking to the things that people are really going through yeah, and not just speaking to their emotions, not just speaking to, um, their, you know, not just trying to rally a, a you know, a good amen corner or something like that, mm-hmm. or a good clap. It's just like, well, are you speaking to the things that are going to lead them to freedom? Are you speaking to the things that are binding them up and are you speaking truth that's going to lead them to freedom? I think that's, that's what it means to be relevant. I love it. And you already touched on some of the topics that, you know, things that we purpose to talk about, you know, when we are with live audiences uh, doing classes or online content. 
can you share even, you know, out of those topics that we do that we're also really encouraging other leaders to be speaking about? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the game changers for me as a, you know, as a kind of a new Christian at time when when I was exposed to this message or just, mm-hmm. you know, um, starting to hear um, from the scriptures on this topic was actually how it's connected to revival. You know what I mean? And, and especially like we're, we're kind of in a stream of churches where like we're, we're kind of charismatic. So I always have to like, I always have to clarify what I mean by that. <laughs> like that we're Bible believing charismatics. Cause it's like, there's, there's a difference. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Holy spirit uh, will lead you to all truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyways, probably some theologians out there will probably get that, but everybody else is like, well, I don't, I don't know what you mean. But, um, anyways, uh, just how this this message of sexuality is actually really connected to revival, really connected to renewal, um, yeah. to restoration, um, to the outpouring of God's spirit. Like, and you look in the Old Testament, and the Old Testament is not you know old and gone. It's a it's like a foundation for the promises of God to be built upon. And so when you see when you see in the Old Testament, um, you know, these tearing down of high places, these places of false god worship that were worshipped through sexual immorality, human sacrifice, some horrible things. When kings would would hear the word of the Lord and tear down those places, God's spirit and God's blessing would come back onto a land. And we know that we don't fight against, you know, flesh and blood. This is not about, you know, waging war on abortion clinics, you know, and right. bombing abortion clinics, which unfortunately has been a part of the past, a uh, part of history. Um, but this is actually, you know, speaking the truth that sets people free, right. that that, ca- that causes the kingdom to take place in their own heart. And um, in those high places are torn down where people want, want to do what's right and want to um, want to worship the true God with, with all their being and not, not these other superficial um, or counterfeits. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely, I think that's the, one of the key topics that I, you know, for us is just really important and has been a game changer in, in my life for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're going, you know, we're going near the topics of identifying and then confronting and eliminating shame, recognizing how much of a motivator that is for so many people um, based on things that have happened. You know, we, we talk a lot and we would encourage you to to talk about the power of God's healing and his ability to restore you know sometimes it's things sometimes we have shame for what we've done but sometimes it's because of what others have done to us and so simply saying it like that is a really gentle um, even discreet way people know what you mean and they it gives them a place to begin to process and um, start to find healing so gosh there's so many other things there's you know even, you know, what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman, how to, how to raise a family. You know, I think of young, young men and women who are going like, I don't know how to do that. You know, maybe I never, I never even knew my mom or I didn't know my dad or I never had a good role model or mm-hmm. there was abusive situation. And they're thinking, how can I give my child, like, I kind of want to have children one day. How could I create a different atmosphere at home? I, I, I need help. Yeah. You know, and so any of those topics are going to start to reached the hearts of the young generation and that's Absolutely. that's relevant to them. Yeah. And I would also say maybe last on this on this question is um you know we did a we did a podcast with um Dr. Greg Allison just talking about his book Embodied 
Um, I think that was episode 46. Ooh. I know 40, maybe 47. It's in the late 40s. <laughs> I feel like I should know that. Um, but his was really a great conversation and and how he kind of laid out the the beautiful truth that the body, your physical body, is actually really important to who you are. And I think that just even having conversation about God, God has actually designed your body, he has made your body to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's not, um, it's not a lesser part of, of who you are in spirit, soul, and body. Mm-hmm. It's, it's equally important. And, and, and really when you discover the value that God puts on your body, it'll actually bring freedom. So I'd encourage any leader Go back and listen to that podcast, um, that episode, and maybe even just begin to dive into it yourself and, mm-hmm. and you know, put together a message on it that, um, you know, would help would help people find that freedom in the design um, of God's body or <laughs> the design of the body that God has made. Hello, this is Bonnie with the Union Movement. And if you are a leader of a ministry or a local church and you would like some support in leading your people through the minefields of sexual confusion, shame, and brokenness, reach out to us at info at theunionmovement.com. And if you feel inspired to financially partner with the union so that we can continue to develop resources and support local churches, you can visit www.theunionmovement.com where you will find a link to donate online. And we just want to give a huge thank you out to everyone who has already donated, either with a one-time gift or as a monthly donor. We exist because of the generosity of people just like you. You know, Bonnie, maybe it's kind of like the last question to wrap up this episode. I know you've been kind of really um, enthralled and kind of wrapped up with the, the story of Gideon. Can you kind of unpack that story and how it connects to the topic of sexuality? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's a pretty well-known story for those of you who you know, have been around the church for a while. You maybe have heard, even heard it in Sunday school, monograph. Uh, you know, the story, he has the trumpets and the jars and there's 300 men and they go out against this, you know, this massive army of the Midianites who it says that the Midianites have been oppressing them and taking all their resources. And, uh, and we talk about that part of the strategy. But I think something that gripped me is that we so often overlook the actual, the first step of the strategy that God Mm -hmm. gave Gideon. Uh, God comes to Gideon who's hiding away and he's calls him a valiant warrior. Gideon's like, you know, if God, if you are really who you say you are, then why are there not like the, the signs and wonders that I've heard about from the past? And he doesn't, God doesn't even really answer that question. He just continues to like call Gideon say you are courageous and he says okay first thing you need to do Gideon is you need to go tear down the idols that are in your father's courtyard and I'm I think we may even have talked about that um you know recently as anyway but like the 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 pulling down of those idols was the pulling down not just of like this little innocent wooden or rock statue but it was actually this symbol Mm-hmm. Often, like often, these old idols actually were like overemphasizing the sexual parts of a being, you know. And so the Asherah pole and the and the um, altars to Baal, it was all had to do with like is like like arousal and pornographic images. And and so God was saying, Gideon, if you want to have victory 
over the oppression of the Midianites, Mm -hmm. you are actually going to need to, within your own household, bring things back into alignment with of covenant with me. Where, you know, back in Exodus, when the law comes to the Israelites, God says, don't make any idols. Don't Mm -hmm. worship any other gods. It's not because God is just like insecure and he's like, I don't want other gods around. It actually is linked to like the reality that as if we give our hearts to these false god systems, our our sexuality is going to follow. Like our sexuality is linked to these worship systems. And with the worship of these false gods through the activation of our sexuality in immorality, you know, whether it's with someone else's spouse or maybe it's before mm-hmm. marriage or maybe it's, you know, all just all the combos. There's so many different combinations of immorality. Um, if you do that, it's actually going to lead to the demise of the nation itself. And that's where the Israelites were at. And so Gideon kind of ra- like rouses himself in courage. He actually, but he does it in the middle of the night because he knows that there's going to be opposition from the community, you know, his dad and his dad's friends like, hey, why are you messing uh, you know, with our way of doing things around right. here. Right. That is actually the first step in the strategy to overcome oppression. And I think there are churches with pastors, leaders who are wondering, God, where are you? I am really wanting to see, even, I want to see the signs and wonders. I want to see like my people free. Mm-hmm. And And yes, there's this like, yeah, there's this giant army of Midianites, you know, maybe it, that's like a spirit, you know, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities and powers of this dark age, spiritual enemies now. But it's, we can't have victory out on that battlefield if we're not first bringing alignment back into covenant with God. Mm-hmm. Is that making sense? I feel like I kind of jumped all over a place well, there. Yeah, but- I think I think someone's own personal, like it's on a personal level and then it's on a corporate level. Yeah. And then a, like it, it kind of works its way out. Like this message, um, it has to come back to like the personal decisions that everybody is making. And that includes leaders. Absolutely. Um, I love a good friend of ours, Jim Anderson, said it this way, is the truth is the only sword with no handle. Right. It's like if you're going to wield it, it has to be cutting you at the same time. You know what I mean? If you're going to hold truth, it has to be doing surgery on your own life. You know what I mean? It can't just be, you know, used in warfare or whatever. Like it's going to cut you at the same time. And and we need to be allowing that to happen. Yeah. Um, And because with without purity, there's no victory. That's right. Right. And and we see that time and time again. This is what we've been talking about really this whole time. Is that when this area is just left un- unaddressed, mm-hmm. it leads to brokenness. It leads to, um, it squashes the flourishing of humanity yeah. and the glory of God within humanity yeah. and the glory of God that's meant to be seen on, on his church. That's right. Yeah. And so really our heart is is to rally some other, some leaders to join with us. Our dream would be that this year, 2022, just like how Gideon had, you know, there was 300 men who stood with him. We were thinking, could we encourage 300 leaders to say, I'm going to take a step forward and I'm going to be courageous and I'm going to, you know, maybe I'm going to even just mention something in an altar call that I give one Sunday morning. Or maybe I'm going to launch a small group or maybe I'm going to, um, you can partner with us and take the resources we've done and, and you, you know, do it for your youth group or your young adults or read a book or, you know, dedicate some things to your family or, you know, we're, 
there's so many ideas of ways that you can do this. And we're going to, in the coming weeks and months, we're going to really try to lay out more of these practical steps. But the goal is absolutely is 300 liters, maybe just in Canada, maybe North America. We're going to say, let's take a step forward. I'm going to start addressing this for the sake of this generation. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think every step forward we take is a step of victory. You yeah. Know, right. So like, I think a lot of times with these big issues, we want to have like, be taking these big steps, but we need to see that like sustainable change is made one purposeful step at a time. Yeah. And I think if we, if we do that, then we can see, uh, we can see transformation in our cities and our churches and our families and our communities. Um, but if we don't talk about it, all it needs, you know, all, all that evil needs to grow and to flourish is for good men and good women to do nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think we, we have a call as a people of God yeah. to make a big deal about God's redeeming grace and his yeah. truth to, to set us free and also keep us free. So yeah. leader, person, follower of Jesus, maybe, you know, seeker, you're just not sure where you stand with Jesus today. We hope that this has been encouraging to you. Yeah. We hope that this has been helpful to you. And we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments on this episode or anything else you've seen, on our website or any other podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us uh, at the union movement.com uh, on social or excuse me at the info. union movement uh, on, on social media, but also info at the union movement.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you if you want to send us an email that way, but thank you so much for joining us. And if you have any more questions, reach out to us and visit the union movement.com. We have a lot more resources and uh, articles there to help you in your walk and help you as a leader to um, communicate God's design for sexuality. Until then, we'll see you next time. 